the Digging Dexter podcast with Victor. And uh, Marissa. McHale. I'm Marissa McHale. And I'm Victor Miguel. There's not a tool I haven't played with. Damn. Nice one. <laughs> um, Thought you were going to trip over your dick on that one. I had that other one too, but I was maybe thinking our special guest this week, uh, Zach. Zach returning to the podcast. First time returner? Or did we have Colton on twice? Hey. First time returner. <laughs> First time returner. Zach, how are you? I am washed in the blood of the lamb. How are you? There you go. <laughs> there you go. See, that, that was a good one. Um, yeah. What nursery rhyme is that song from? No clue. <gasps> I don't even, I mean, I can't even remember. Like, it, I'm not even sure it is a nursery rhyme, to be honest. It might I, honestly just be like some, like, some like church gospel. Yeah, like some gospel yeah. songs. Victor, whatever you were humming, it sounded like you were humming She'll Be Coming Around the Mountain. Isn't that what it is? No, <laughs> I don't no, no, know. No, it's not, it's not it. But whatever you were humming made me think that. I think that's what you're humming, I think, I believe. Wait, what did you say I was humming? She'll be coming around the mountain when she what's, comes. Uh, what's um? What's the other one? Oh, Susanna. Is that the same song? Don't you cry for me. Oh, I don't believe that's the same song. Very similar, though. I, I couldn't tell you why. I have a cousin named Susanna. I was obsessed with that song. That's really funny. Why are we talking it's about this? No <laughs> it's a good song. <laughs> so we are here for episode six of season four of Dexter titled If I Had a Hammer. Um, Zach is... So I always thought I was a super big fan of the show Dexter and once we started the podcast and everything we started I at least I come to find out uh I I you know at first I was like wow Zach's a, a way bigger fan than I am as the podcast sort of advanced and we get other messages there are I don't even know how to say this there are so many people that I think it's just different fandoms cuz Zach was able to fill in stuff that other people aren't and I, when I was talking with Zach, sometimes he'd be like, "Oh, you filled me in and stuff that I didn't know." So it was like yeah. we all have like our own specialties, in like, right? In like the Dexter fandom. This episode is there a lot of, let's say, history or what's the word I could say, Dexter trivia to chew on. Well, I mean, I, I didn't know if you wanted to go into the thing that you were bringing up when we were talking privately or not about um, Michael C. Hall personally. Well, let me set that up then, because uh, as I mentioned on the show, Janet Janet had wrote in that this is the episode Michael C. Hall least knew of his diagnosis. Um, so, and she's saying you could see it in the episode that Michael C. Hall looks a little bit sicker, or for lack of a better term. I personally did not see it. I found something else interesting in this ep- Yeah, in this episode. But you had something interesting regarding... Uh, I guess also let me set it up to Michael C. Hall. It was announced, I believe, at the after this season ended. Yes. That he was diagnosed with... I think with at the Emmys, lymphoma. in fact, is right, when he announced right. it. It's funny because I didn't even know that this was the episode, but I definitely thought that something was a little off Did about you really? him. Yeah. Because we paused it about 40 minutes in and you're just laughing. You're totally lying to no me. No idea. I'm not. Why are you I'm laughing? not laughing. <laughs> <laughs> she totally is. <laughs> Uh, no, you well. If I, I, should I show, thought something was up with him, you didn't. 
I should show you a random episode from season five, a random scene, because you could totally see it on Michael C. Hall. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Regard- especially in season... Well, because that's after he had gone through all the chemo treatments yeah, and everything, yeah. so you can definitely tell. I mean, they did a decent enough job of for consistency's sake, because obviously, well, I mean... And not really spoilers for Marissa, but Dexter doesn't get cancer. <laughs> right, at least right, at right. least up until season five. Anyway, sure. I'm not going to say anything <laughs> beyond that. <laughs> but, so you um, had you had some trivia regarding Michael C. Hall and him getting diagnosed. But the trivia I was actually going for is actually kind of morbid and kind of sad for Michael C. Hall on a personal note, but also he even says it itself kind of um, morbidly fortuitous, if that's... Uh-huh. A phrase I can use sure. um, is that um, Michael C. Hall's father actually did um, pass away from a, I believe it was colon cancer. But of course, this was like Michael C. Hall was very young when his father passed away from cancer. Sure. So this was like, like probably like the late 70s, early 80s. So, of course, treatments hadn't um gotten to the point where they yeah and so they even he even said like by the time that um by the time they found it it was pretty much unfortunately pretty much throughout his entire body so he says it started as colon cancer but you know but the odd and kind of ominous bit of trivia was that um michael z hall's father passed away at the same age that he was diagnosed damn so yeah that's super creepy yeah so it's like, my, and Michael C. Hall even says like, yeah, no, the um, the ominous sort of omen of that was not lost on me. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, yeah, that's something that's, yeah, how it, that would sit really. It, it, you, know, you know, the, the, the strangest or the weirdest, or I don't know what the blank part of all of this is. And I remember mentioning it in season three. And, you know, you could see it now. You could tell. At least I believe Michael C. Hall is super healthy and he's super in shape. Yeah. Like that dude probably has such low BMI, like no fat on his body. Oh, well, it, like I was going uh, back, back as like in season two, especially like I could tell a difference like between season one and season two. Like season one, he's very lean, but season two, again, yay, Dexter taking his shirt off for the ladies or send some guys. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's um, you could definitely tell like he's much more toned than he was when the show started. Right. Like there's definition to the muscles and everything. Not, yeah. you know, be weird about it. But yeah. But um, and of course, if you didn't know anything about like this as far as Michael C. Hall's like personal life you could definitely like see the physical difference about like him getting like losing muscle mass and as far as that's concerned and of yeah. course losing his hair if you even bother to notice the um I think it's it, I'll say this it's a much better wig than they had on him in season one <laughs> right right yes <laughs> uh to to backtrack some of what we had this almost feels like two weeks since we recorded the last episode. Our schedule of recording the episodes is totally wacky. It's about to get really wacky because we have wedding stuff coming up. Dun, dun, dun. Right. Um, so the Patriots won. Boo! You're just your own soundboard. <laughs> uh, you owe me a million dollars. No. Marissa. That's not how that works. Uh, we also want to give a shout out again to Amanda. Yes. Because we haven't mentioned it. If you think about it, it's been two weeks since we got that. Yeah, uh, we got we bought an item from her for our wedding. 
Uh, I know I shared it on our Facebook page. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, you did. Uh, also, to say in the kind of real, like, one of the things that makes me super happy is our, also, our friend Roxanne, who came up with part two of the podcast. Okay. Also got something from Amanda. I know. I saw so that. Like, That's awesome. I would rather, I don't know. I, I don't want to get into a whole spiel about it, but just the idea of like we were able to spawn something like and we didn't do anything right no. like she does all the work yeah. i'm just able to be here like the facilitator and just um for the listeners out there we ordered a custom wooden sign for our wedding as like a tabletop uh decoration but amanda also does specialties in those um like yeti type glasses and yeah. turvises so if anyone needs like a really cool um gift you know also there you know with with weddings and baby showers and things like that there's always different gifts and yeah. souvenirs and stuff along the way um super easy to talk to super easy accommodating all of that um we had our thing customized like a million yeah. different ways we got to choose from so yeah it was awesome so yeah we just wanted to to give a shout out to her and roxanne so we think that's super cool yeah glitter and gleam creations also um i've if you follow me on Twitter at Digging Podcast, Dex, uh, Dexter, <laughs> Zach, if you want to give out your Twitter handle, Dex underscore Slice of Life. And the Slice of Life is all one word. Um, people will notice I've gone a little bit dormant on there, but that's only because I may be planning something for the, you know, who, who knows the next, what the next full moon will bring. Ooh. So, um, <laughs> I think Victor, the first time I was on, even said, like, yeah, no, Marissa, you can't follow him. Oh, yeah, sure. spoil everything just everything I don't, know to, I don't know how to tweet anyway so <laughs> you know it's funny we uh we have an, i have another friend brad who i talk with uh on twitter and i had mentioned like hey they never mentioned the neighborhood watch again and he was like they actually bring it up and he's like oh i don't know if i could say it because spoiler he's like does marissa read this and i literally said marissa doesn't read this any ladies want to Marissa's banned from the social media. No, you didn't say that. <laughs> no, I didn't say that, but... Uh, uh, well, I don't think I forgot about the Jeep proposal. The what? The Jeep proposal. What's the Jeep proposal? That you proposed to a woman for the Jeep. <laughs> but we'll All get right. there. We'll All get right. there. We, we, are, we are so far... I, <laughs> the, so I, on this episode... So on this episode, let me just scroll back a moment. So... Uh, um, last thing and then we'll get to the episode one of the writers on the show Scott Reynolds who actually hosted the Dexter wrap up podcast I met him at San Diego Comic Con 2013 we like followed each other it was more so you know him to follow me which is cool and it was so cool how it happened because before social media really blew up I was there I knew he was there and he said come come see me at this uh, one of the lines um, so we followed each other Six years later, I try to say, hey, would you mind coming on the podcast? He doesn't answer. I responded to one of his tweets. So the idea is now I want to create a hashtag oh, God. to tweet to Scott Reynolds because I believe he would come on. Um, and he responded back to me. He's like, oh, cool. What are you guys? Because he also hosted a podcast. That's all to say. We'll figure this out. My goal is before the podcast ends, I would like to get someone related to the show on sure. the podcast. Even oh, so I'm like not a- good enough for you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's my goal. That being said, this episode, episode six, if I had a hammer, uh, um, I'll, I'll give you the floor, Marissa. What do you sort of like? I have one buzzword about this episode. But your primer thoughts, because you're the newbie here. You've never seen this episode. You've never sure. seen this season. The, we're getting your first time thoughts yeah. and so on. So um, I, it was definitely interesting 
learning more about Trinity. Sure. Uh, apart- Arthur. Arthur, yep. Um, our Arthur Marshall. Mitchell. Uh, Mitchell, sorry, sorry. <laughs> a part of me thinks, um, like, I know he doesn't know Dexter, but a part of me, like, thinks he does. Mm-hmm. Um, just with, like, giving him the hammer and things like that. Uh, it just seems very strange. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I mean it, it was it was interesting to learn more about it and to kind of see this this tangled web that is being created in front of us. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Zach agrees with me because like we know what's going on. So this is like a a funny conversation that when we do an episode a podcast like this when we have Colton on Colton's so funny when he texts me sometimes he has no idea how it hap- how it finishes and like I you know we're now in the territory where I remember almost every episode to a T. Um, but I know Zach, like me, we will know the rest of how the season plays out. This episode always feels to me like a reset button. Like the first five episodes was setting up Trinity's this rat. Like, you know, he's like this this little guy who probably has like a one, just, just like a total hermit. And you find out he's literally the opposite of what yeah. they were setting him up to be. So I always feel like by the end of this episode and like the whole Dexter and Rita thing, that we're, we have like a reset button to the next f- six episodes, the second okay. half of the season. Do you follow? Do you agree with me? Disagree? Do you have any other? Okay, I was just agreeing that I I would see the reset button per se because the whole first part of the season where yeah we're thinking that you know Trinity sure. has to be this awful guy and then you find out that he's like this family man who's volunteering and a better human being than most. You know, right. right. See, I actually disagree. So I think that might be an interesting difference mm-hmm. of opinion because like, yes, it's a very intense shift from the first half of the season as far right. as our perspective on Trinity. But then again, that was kind of the point of the end of the last episode, wasn't it? Is that right. I feel like the first it's very important for the, how this season is structured, which, by the way, can I just say I love the way this season is written. Going yeah. back and rewatching it again, you pick up on such little all these little details that plant sure. that they plant so early on that pay off in big ways. It might just be like little throwaway lines that Marissa and all of us when we were watching it for the first time. Don't don't pay attention to it's it's just something that someone says, right? But then like five episodes later, it turns out to be this world shaking revelation, right? So I feel like for how this season is structured, it's very important for Trinity and Dexter to be very separate stories, or as as separate as they can be until. Uh, up, up, pretty much up until last episode because right. that's allows the writers to sort of make Trinity this mysterious thing which I think is the first time they do this with the season villain since the first season which is they kind of keep him in shadow and you don't really know anything at all about him you just know what a horrible quote unquote monster What what you only know him by his actions and his deeds and his victims which is all that Dexter gets. And then once you start digging deeper with Dexter, you start discovering. And I think this statement is semi spoiler, but also very true of the entire season is that when Trent, 
when it's when Trinity is concerned in the situation, nothing is ever as it seems to the very end. No, he, he's he's and, and like to your point of him being totally almost like a, sh- a sh- I don't want to call him a shapeshifter, but like he 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 never is what he is if if that um, you know to your point because like the way our episode opens up looking at your face marissa was great because he's he's (laughs) singing as this jolly church you know and it's it's, he's a church deacon right and it's off-putting yes marissa because i know this is coming but what a change of pace from trinity this you know this what what, what we've been calling him and murderer and now a couple scenes chronologically earlier we see him bash the shit out of this one guy's head and then a couple scenes later that like yeah like the next episode he's just up in front of the church and like he's from fucking mayberry or something (laughs) (laughs) uh i mean it's 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 a credit to how this show wrote him for the first five episodes but i think and, and we'll get to a scene later uh, John Lithgow, because now now you see where the role is and went. I don't know how many actors you could put in that stage. Yeah, you know, and, and we'll 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 get there. We'll, yeah, we will get there. <laughs> um, we also see the outcome of this apartment scandal, so to say. Dexter basically moved out. Did they did they determine this episode that Deb's going to get the apartment? No. no. Oh, okay. So he's just moving Wait. out with nothing. Yeah. Way to spoil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, Deb gets the apartment, but <laughs> we have the scene on where Dexter's sort of like, you know, doing his voiceover and talking about coming home. And it's just like, and he says the line like in the, in the, the stare or the glare from a mad wife. And it's just Julie Benz flaming the screen, you know? Yeah. Um, and like, I like how they started off here where. Dexter has this lamp, and it's funny because like they they carry this lamp all the way into Trinity's house. Yeah, like Dex, the idea of like Dexter doesn't fit in his own house. Yeah, like you know, and it's like lamp supposed to signify that because he even says. And then at the end, Rita's like, "This doesn't belong here," which is almost like Dexter doesn't, you know. Yeah. yeah. And also, that's kind of doubling to how Dexter feels in that moment. It's just, and also kind of like how Dexter's always felt is, I don't belong. I am this sure. other inhuman thing. Well, granted, that's his quote unquote cold heart, as I feel like, or personality, demeanor, outlook on life, whatever you want to call it, has sort of melted over the past couple seasons. And he's kind of acclimated more to humanity, but he's, there's still that. I see cold inside of the dark passenger that just doesn't belong or doesn't feel like it belongs. Right. That's what I feel like anyway. We see that Rita scheduled an emergency session with a therapist. I, the reason why, well, you know, we'll see that this episode, there's a few visits to the therapist, but one of the first reasons I wanted to bring it up is because I think we both laughed when the first shot of the therapy session and all you see is tissues from Rita. Yeah. <laughs> first off, that's so gross. Yeah. Just to, to leave your tissues all over the table <laughs> is so disgusting. I also, I, when, when we were watching it, I just kept thinking to myself, you know, how is Rita, Rita knew about all of the, I mean, obviously Rita doesn't know about Dexter, but she knew about the whole Lila thing. She knew about the, you know, fake drug scenario, all of that, whatever. Um, that I was glad that the therapist said, like, 
Rita, you knew all about this before marrying him. Like, I was glad that that was brought up because I kind of just thought that that was something in my head of like, how was Rita surprised? So I was glad that, you know, sometimes in television we have thoughts and it's it, it never comes out, you know, the way that we think that it should. And this actually was said, you know? Well, because I think even last episode for the podcast, Marissa said pretty much like, you knew all this when you married him. And literally, those are the lines that the therapist says. So, Marissa, how long have you been a therapist? <laughs> well, I've been a hairdresser for six years. So that would explain right, it. Right. Uh, it was it was definitely funny, though, because when the therapist said, you know, Rita, you knew all about this. You kind of got a shot of Dexter's face like, oh, my God, like, did I am I like in the clear? And Victor literally laughed and was like Dexter's face like because he was like, wait, like someone's on my side. Like <laughs> I was laughing. I was laughing because it's so funny because Dexter to be like, oh shit, I have an out. Like, yeah. I, I, I won here. Uh, I, mean, I want to tell you a really quick, funny story. This, this is just a retelling of another show. Everyone loves Raymond. Raymond, Deborah takes Raymond to therapy. And you know, like, the idea of that show is Raymond is just like this, like, sports writer. All he wants to do is, you yeah. know, and Deborah's like the housewife who's always cleaning and Ray's always making a mess, like, you know. But they go to therapy, and all Ray does is, you're right. Deborah's perfect. I'm the wrong one. So the therapist is like, "Listen, don't be so hard on yourself." Uh, I feel like that's totally almost. Backfires. I feel like that's almost what happens here, where Dexter's like, "Yeah, I'm the. One. You have to change, not me. You know who I am." That's it really is, funny. It is, I guess to to bring it back to the actual show, it is sort of funny where she's like, "He's lying all the time." It's like, well, he didn't start lying when you got married. Yeah, you know, we all know, you know, and and it's sort of the show. The show will will bring us, uh, um, you know, deeper into therapy. I want to get to sort of what I call the the beast stuff in this episode. The the Batista and LaGuerta thing, this is this this storyline, this episode, the amount of times they go back and forth. If I say I couldn't come up with a better analogy, but if I say uh the first fight on a boxing card, does that register with either of you? Nope. Nope. So the first fight on a boxing card, you have Tyson versus Holyfield. Back in the 90s. You know, take it today, Mayweather, whatever, the two biggest boxers you know. Like the first fight on the card, meaning like the first person fighting at night is a fight. No one cares. It's not that it sucks. It's just no one cares about. You have like two amateurs, essentially. Like Um, D-level fighters, sort of. Let's stick them in the ring and see what happens. Yes, that's what LaGuardia and Batista feels like. I feel like they're try- like they have. I feel like with the the, the main storyline, and let's include Deb in there, they hit like 35 minutes. And they're like, all right, we need to fill out this episode. The passion is no more. <laughs> There's only one thing I have to say about the Angel and LaGuardia storyline. First of all, first of all, let me correct you. I'm hell. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, because I don't really have much. All I have is I don't give a shit about any of this. Go ahead. It's just that one shot when they're in the elevator right after they quote unquote break up. And like right. The look on LaGuardia's face, I'm just like, I, I don't buy it. Because first of all, like a couple scenes earlier, they were like, okay, we have to decide what's more important to us, our jobs or our relationship. And I'm thinking back two seasons and I'm like, didn't you just fuck a dude and break up his engagement to get your, not even your job, your standing, your position in the department back? What the fuck are you? Of course your job is more important than right. Angel. Of course. That That's why, to me, the whole thing falls flat. It, it's not only does it not feel like any importance. It's like I also know where she where she truly lies. So this whole 
Angel Passion thing just never. It always felt like treading water. Lagorda is just too much of a cold bitch. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Still love her. Uh, and you love her because she's wearing animal print. So much animal print. Meow. This episode. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we can move to um, Deb. This episode, I, I I do think I think we have back to back weeks of Jennifer amazing acting from Jennifer. Yes. Carpenter. For um, sure. Basically, the setup here is Deb is going to confess that Nikki Walt shot her. And, and you know, she kind of has to come to grips with... And it's it's funny how the show does this, where we kind of skated over the pa- the fact that they killed Lundy. And, like, yeah. Deb is sort of just here holding that... Has to deal with that as a character, right? This idea is like, oh, Nikki Wald shot her. Deb has to confess to it. But... She kind of knows that it isn't the truth. Yeah. And like, a, you know, like she's the whole idea of like her father, you know, good cop just closes a case and it's kind of like, well, shit. I actually have some subtextual stuff because like most of my B story stuff is the Deb story. Right. I think I was even uh, talking with Victor um, privately about like last episode about like, you know, her breaking up with Anton and refusing, you know, the pain meds. And her amazing breakdown in that parking lot. Yeah. I mean, horrible, but amazing. I, yeah, no, I feel like that Deb is like severe, not just like upset, but like severely depressed to the point where she's getting into like this mindset of like, I don't deserve to feel better about this because I'm partially to blame. So I'm breaking up with Anton because, you know, he's here to comfort me and I don't deserve to be comforted. I'm throwing away these pain medications because I don't deserve to feel better. I deserve to feel, you know, this pain. And I mean, it's you to the point where she's in that parking lot to where she all but says I deserve to die. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I 100 percent like uh, agree with you. It is also funny that. The character we are talking about, if you if you want to take a look at this as being being four years, whatever, imagine having dealt the amount of trauma yeah. the Deborah character has dealt in four years. I imagine most people would have probably hurt themselves in a serious way at this point. Because if you I'm going off the top of my head, right? Like you find out one of your close partners at the your police department was actually this notorious serial killer. We're talking about Dokes, not Dexter. Um, you got engaged to another serial killer. Mm-hmm. And then uh, an old man you were in love with got shot to death in front of you. And you got shot. And you got shot. Most people in a lifetime don't have that much. You know no. what I mean? And this this woman had it in four years. Deb sums it up perfectly in one line. This episode. I'm already fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, she a, a lifetime within these, these four years. The other Deb thing I wanted to bring up quick is is um you know Dem brings up that she she comes to the conclusion that Trinity shot her right yeah and which before we get to that real quick what kind of leads her to that is right. her confrontation with Nikki which yeah. I have a question to pose to both of you which I think might find interesting because it's kind of something I thought about that mm-hmm. I don't think really any like I feel like I'm the crazy person in the corner like with the theory but does anybody else think that if she were pushed a little bit more in that state of mind, do you think she would have like actually hurt Nikki in that when she was 
confronting her in the cell? I'm going to let Marissa answer that because I do have an answer to that. I think that Deb is too good of a police officer to cross the line that far. I think that Deb is in in a lot of aspects you know has a lot of different adjectives to describe her but i think that first and foremost with her job she is a professional and i think that even if she would have wanted to hurt her like no other i think that she would have as a police officer as a detective she would have been able to keep her cool and uh keep it under control i remember watching it live because now like you know we're talking on time i remember watching it live being like oh my god she's probably going to kill her or i thought she was gonna like leave bar marks on her face because where she's at where she's holding the head i am you know how easy that is to just take her head and like you know what i mean like like what she kind of does this episode so to your question zach if if you would have asked asked me if you would have paused it right there, like, hey, do you think Deb actually physically hurts her, possibly kills her? I would have said yes, but obviously she doesn't. So, <laughs> yeah, um, but I, I, I think she's too enraged at that point to I disagree with your answer, Marissa. Like, I, I think she's she at that point. She's she's not enraged. a cop at that point. Yeah. And I, I think she's she's sco- not scorned um, hurt lover as opposed to cop. Mm-hmm. You know, but to your point, I'm though, Deborah fucking Morgan, and I'm here to fuck you up. Type of mindset. <laughs> right. uh, um, so, like we said, you know, th- when she talks to to Nikki, we we come to find, you know, she wants to go the higher route, the actual, you know, the idea of finding who actually shot her. What I want to bring up, it's it's when Nikki sort of just when you know she kind of rubs Nikki's nose and the fact that she killed her own boyfriend, and right. she just breaks down. I think that's kind of what snaps Deb out of it. Like, oh shit. Like, this is actually a person in front of me, not this, right. like, as she in calls the, her earlier in the in the episode, junkie whore. Right. So, yeah. What 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 struck me weird in this episode or, or this sort of storyline is Lundy is brought in as this super rock star agent. Special agent. Special superstar agent, rock star Lundy catches... With the technique. With the technique. Oh! oh. <laughs> <laughs> and... Now, we have two predicted kills from Lundy. And even Quinn, and everyone is like, Lundy was chasing a ghost. He's a total kook. How can he be brought in as this? And again, I know he wasn't brought in this season. But it's kind of weird in terms of writing that they make him out to be this. He could you know, he could be in a room full of people and pick out the serial killer. And he's a total quack job about Trinity. And when he's predicting where the kills are. You know what I'm saying? Like when, when he has that conversation with Quinn, when Quinn's like, listen, I'm not even gonna have to say it to you anymore. That guy was a quack. Like this whole Trinity thing, you're chasing a ghost. While also the fact that he brings up, oh, Trinity predicted this. I'm sorry, Lundy predicted this. It just It's a weird double standard they play with the character. Well, t- two points to bring up about that. I feel like, because you gotta remember the, the, um, the kills that, Lundy did predict about Trinity. I feel like only Deb and Lundy know about that because since they were kicked out of the um, homicide department at that point. Right. So no one really knows that he was able to predict it. And also, it's also the reason why the FBI, when he was with the FBI, wouldn't take the cases because he doesn't have a shred of physical evidence. 
right. to prove that this guy is going around killing people. How? I mean, I guess I can buy it more because, um, like back thirty years ago, back when forensics wasn't as advanced. I I could maybe buy it back more back then, but when you get more to like modern forensic techniques, it's like I'm not seeing him doing anything that's more than what he would have done 30 years ago. And how is he still getting away with it? How is right. he still not leaving? St- like, <laughs> I mean, he's bare ass naked in that bathtub full of blood. How the hell are you not leaving behind any DNA? Sure. And and so much Trinity ass this season so far. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> well, there be- was an interview with John Lithgow like right after season four, um, the season four finale, and one of the comment because I think it was like a, a Reddit AMA or something like that, and yeah. he did get a comment. It's like I have been getting comments about how nice of an ass I have. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and I think that would be a good time to. <laughs> Break! <laughs> and now Dexter shares his thoughts on emotions. I'm perfectly comfortable with bodily fluids, blood, snot, tears, but the emotions that go along with them, not so much. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? And we're back. Whoa. I didn't even give you the the wind-up. Like I don't need TV. a wind-up. No, we're on season <laughs> season four, episode six. There I'm you used go. to this. There you go. And last time you cut me off, actually. So I had to jump to the <laughs> jump to the chase. I do have one thing to bring up with that I only watched for the minute. I didn't watch the actual musical. Our dude has a Skittles musical out there. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't watch it either, but I saw. I didn't um I yeah, I didn't watch it the whole thing, but I just I, I we I did watch that minute commercial where he's on the therapist's couch. Okay, yeah. I didn't watch that. Little little tie into this episode. Um and then it kinda the camera kinda well and then you find out he's actually well actually I won't spoil it. Let's make it a point, me and you, Marissa, to actually watch the whole Let's. whatever we can and we'll talk about it next episode. Zach, did you watch the whole Michael C. Hall thing? I have I heard about it very briefly. I did not see it. For half a second there, I'm like, what the hell are you guys talking about? It's like, oh, that thing. When you get in the Dexter world, anything remotely happens to Michael C. Hall, you get spammed. We all know it was his birthday this past <laughs> week. We all know he said HBD. He's, and he, we all we all know he was uh, he would be down to play Batman. If there's any little bit of Michael C. Hall news, it gets it just comes at you from all different angles. I remember back when he was in rumors to play Carnage for the yep, Spider-Man yep, verse yep. thing. Yeah, and he, like you know, and it just that's how sort of Hollywood works. There's actually a really funny story our friend Brad sent us that because our episode is already a little bit too long, I'm going to get to next week, but it's actually really funny. That being said, let's and real quick before we start, I hate to cut you off there, but it's kind of my thing. <laughs> <laughs> Going with what we kind of. The, bridge our little break talking about um well naked ass um <laughs> who the hell sits around in their boyfriend's apartment in lingerie <laughs> are, are we talking about uh what's her name what's his nuts christine christine um yeah you know it's funny i have no notes on her um yeah 
that it's that whole thing. Marissa, can you help me out on this? Yes, is so this, weird. Is this a thing that happens? No, really weird. They just wanted to show that she had boobs. I was gonna say there is definitely a. I think we have we've had no. We can't consider that sex, right? Uh, there's definitely been. Can I say nudity almost every episode this season? I mean, if you count like the bath, the photos of like the bathtub, right? Yeah, Trin- like, Trinity's yes. ass. There's yeah, Trinity's. <laughs> But also, can I ask a question? How do you, either of you, feel about that relationship? Just real quick. Quinn and Christine? Yes. I think completely using each other. He's using her for sex. She's using him for information on the the whatever the case is. Right. Yeah. I feel where we're at in the story, I feel... Yeah, I'm with Marissa. But I also think the show does not do as good of a job as giving them depth. Like, this Christine... It yeah. just seems like she would choose getting the story over anything. One million percent. Well, I mean, yeah. Christine, Christine doesn't really have many scenes in this episode. Right. And the, her major one, like I just said, is her sitting on Quinn's couch in lingerie and like an wide open shirt. And the next thing she do, she's like trying to like jump his bones right there on the couch just to they couldn't have made it more blatant. It's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm doing this to get what I want. Right, she literally almost says that. It's sort of like the Dexter curse, where all the other characters they get like this sort of short shrift. Because I mean, it probably and and I guess in a more well flushed out universe, I think you could make the new the news reporter snooping around Miami Metro super interesting. Sure, yeah, much like most like po- well, yeah, like pose her almost as like a threat to Dexter. Almost right, right. I guess before before the the crime scene. Well, actually. Uh, I, I guess something we left off when we finished last episode, the idea of Dexter trying to talk to Rita when she's like, just talk to me. Yeah. Just talk to me. Just talk. And it's like, it's kind of like, you know, like I'm talking to you, Marissa, when I say like, oh, do this. And it's like, if you do like a funny, um, what do you call that? Imitation of someone. Okay. Like, you can't do it on the spot. Oh, yeah. If you sure. ask me, just talk to me. I, I would I would be doing like, with, like, do I talk to you about Switch? Do I talk to you about <laughs> the last Legend of Zelda game? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if you put me on the spot. Oh, definitely. Like I'm totally with Dexter. Like, okay, work. No, she don't care. About, oh, too much. And of course, I'm not like killing people, but. No, definitely. I agree. At the crime scene, uh, uh, I guess I, I sort of have my, my, my timelines interwoven here. But we get. Do you know the name of who was bludgeoned in this um, building, Zach? Because I never caught no, his I, name. Yeah, coffee I guy. Didn't. Coffee guy. Yeah, I, there was probably like a name tag somewhere, yeah, but yeah. it's like we so, know him as Coffee Guy and the guy who gets guy. his shit stomped in. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, we we sort of we find out during the last episode, you know, after Trinity kills him, which it, you know, last episode seems totally like a nothing happening trinity sort of moves his arm yeah and And also you guys living you know in miami can probably attest to this a dead body left in a room over the weekend (laughs) with no air conditioning no yeah i that that body is not coming out fresh as also another thing the beginning of the episode dexter stalking trinity right right you mean he got his whole routine down over like a two-day weekend? Well, yeah, yeah. I, I the like logic going to of school it, and everything. Right. 
there like, there you, are... uh, give him a week like, right at least give him a week to like you know get everything it's like okay this is what he did this week so this is more or less what he does but like you can't tell you can't figure out what i'm doing over the weekend i stay at home at the weekend <laughs> right. i don't go to work i don't, I don't leave my house uh <laughs> do, doing some really quick research the name of the gentleman who was killed he is credited actually rather he is uncredited as cook at sandwich shop wow poor man doesn't even get a joe wow. smith wow like, yeah <laughs> uh, uh, so um, we weren't far off yeah we really weren't uh, um yeah guy at coffee shop cook at sandwich shop which he was not a cook yeah i'd rather be the coffee guy <laughs> so so we basically see that trinity were you wondering about this at all marissa the idea of what the cremator remains or was it was that not really in your well, we knew that realm. it was cremated remains. Yes, but I guess were you wondering once once we kind of find out that he sticks cremated remains on the wall? Yeah, that trigger anything from earlier? Because remember, like that's when he's like, "You're next," and he has and a he, drink with them. Well, and- so I guess like since he is killing in the the sequence that his family was killed in, I guess he was cheersing his father. Mm-hmm. I guess that would have been mm-hmm. um, that his father was next. Let me let me bring this up just to sort of reroute where we're at so basically we find out masuka i think he says he rehydrated the cremator remains was able to find a strand of dna at my my first note is and and wait till we come to find out is trinity has been sticking his mother's cremated remains at his kill sites do we know it's his mother i thought we did oh it's a female forgive me okay oh yes it it could be it could be either or so his mother or his sister right the idea is he leaves them, and we'll get we'll get there later in the episode where Dexter has his Will Graham moment and just starts totally calling off what the cremator remains is. I want to bring up. I don't know if this is actually possible, and I did a really quick Google search, and like the first thing, the first few articles of Google told me is like that this is not possible that you can't get DNA from cremator remains. I literally work with cremator remains. I didn't think this was possible, but I did very I did research as I was watching the episode. Maybe like bone marrow from the chunks of bone. Maybe if it's like if it's not like cooked through enough, I guess. But even yeah. then, that's that's a hell of a stretch. Like Masuka is like he, he he might be laying it on pretty thick, but as far as like real world science, he is a fucking wizard. <laughs> right, right. We we find out Arthur is this model. Again, like like I said in the episode, we find out he's this complete opposite of what we thought of him. And w- what's funny, the question Dexter asks is, why is Arthur putting on this show? Why is he up at 6 a.m.? Why is he at, you know, teaching school every day? Why is he does all this, this four houses wall built, which we haven't talked about yet, right? He does a, I- I'm just going to call it a nonprofit, yeah. for lack of a better yeah. term, where he builds houses for the less fortunate. The yeah, yeah. You know, that's a very honorable thing if that's part of your I don't even want to say your your not your your career, your persona, right? Like you just that's yeah. part of what you do and look how many people he has going on. And the idea is like why do you do all this when I'm the only one looking at you? This is Dexter saying that, you know? And then as he sort of like realizes, Oh, unless this is not fake, <laughs> like this is real mm-hmm. and then we see like his wife is leaning on Arthur and everything and, and and we'll sort of you know combine the two I wanted to bring up when they shake hands you know you get this moment like all right they're shaking hands this means something yeah Trinity meets Dexter uh-huh. could you hear in the audio that 
they the um the audio guys are very subtly just snuck in like a small boom when their yeah, hands there's touched. like a little bass shake right yeah i when let's talk let's talk this now 2009 uh i switched i switched apartments and i had to get my tv internet cable you know you have to get the, somehow it's cheaper to get a phone line than it is cheaper than to just just get internet right. whatever the fuck these cable companies do yeah i and you could put your name as anything on caller ID. Marissa, I'll let you give the first crack. What do you think my caller ID was? And I loved it. I have no clue. Kyle Butler. Oh. <laughs> you I, didn't. I, I did. And you know what? I, you know what? I guess um, maybe we'll get to... I, I think coming up soon, I have it like as a Facebook memory. What's like, I love calling people under Kyle Butler. And I only got to keep it for a year for whatever reason. We've talked about this in the past, and this is two seasons in a row, right? Like where John Lithgow and Jimmy Smith, look how much they tower over yeah. Dexter. We have the scene on now, and Dexter just looked like a tiny little shrimp. Yeah. Even though he's not, it just John Lithgow is such a huge dude. Yeah. What was he, 6'4"? Yeah, something yeah. like that. I think Michael Z. Hall is like f- actually my height, 5'10". And right. Yeah, so he's a good. he's got a good couple inches on him. The idea that Trinity or Arthur Mitchell goes from creepy old guy to charming churchgoer Marissa, what did you think of it? Like, again, we, we kind of talked about it. The episode opens up with him singing "Old Jolly," and even yeah. here, just the way he's talking to Dexter, he's such like he seems like a dude, a, 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 a such a stand-up guy. Yes, Arthur. Yeah, let's leave Trinity yeah. alone. Um, I guess how did you take in him? Take him in this episode. So I know that I've said that these Trinity killings, in my personal opinion, have been like the most gruesome. So now that this episode we kind of learned more about Arthur, it was very difficult for when he would come on the the screen, even as Arthur, to not feel like uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and to not like I see his volunteer work, I see him with his family, I see, you know, what what a great guy he is, but I'm just looking for what I can find through the cracks because it's <laughs> like you just you know and and again, it was like even with Brian when we found out that Brian in season 1 was was the killer. There there was still a little bit of like a likableness to him, like I you know whatever it was charming i guess that's what it is and i think that john lithgow just plays such an incredible killer and he is just so creepy as trinity that with arthur yeah i can feel nothing but just uncomfortable did you ever watch third rock from the sun loved it so did you recognize because he plays oh, yeah an alien yeah there, right? yeah yeah and john john lithgow even brings up the point that because i think this is the first thing he did after 30 rock ended I think was basic or was at least the first like big TV thing that he did anyway. And so he even joked that that's part of the reason why he was cast is essentially for the producers to, they wanted to convey that, you know, they wanted to get someone who was known for, Oh, being this kind of silly type of character. And he even talks about in an interview, um, what it would do to the audience to see that character and just see his sort of his whole expression just sort of fall and you see this kind of stone-faced persona coming from that person and to your point marissa as far as how creepy and how good of an actor john lithgow really is he i think i don't know what john lithgow's um 
home relationship is like. But he, what, like, as the show was airing, has said that he watched it with his wife and his kids. That's funny. <laughs> and in those scenes where I, I call it flipping the switch to where you like in this, in, like, um, in the scene where uh, near the end of the episode where he just chokeholds Dexter out of nowhere. Yeah. You see like him go from, oh, hi. It's like, mm. <laughs> it's moments like. Yeah, definitely, definitely flip the switch yeah. there. Moments like that. <laughs> he, would, he would just start laughing and say his wife would turn to him and just go, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel about Victor. <laughs> <laughs> There's, um, I can't imagine his children seem that much of John Lithgow's bare ass. <laughs> um, and I can't. Hi, Dad. <laughs> there, there's not enough that we say we can say about John Lithgow's acting, and there's like six more episodes to talk more about, you know, or or whatever. How many more more seasons we have? The so we at the we're at the house. Building the four walls build, and which we 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 sort of meet. First of all, Trinity legit gives the killing tool weapon to Dexter. I feel like if Trinity would have offered me that, and I was Dexter, knowing what I know about that tool, I would have just been like, mm, nope, uh-uh. like you, you know, just like like I like in my head, I was just imagining Trinity being like, here De- or here Kyle, take it, and him just being like, nope, and and Tr- and. And Trinity's being like, what do you, like, what do you mean? Like, take it. You don't get to work. And he's just like, nope, uh-uh. Uh, like, and not putting, like, taking his hands out of his pockets. Think about it from Arthur's point of view, how brilliant that is to give the murder weapon to some dude you just met. Sure. Who he's recently divorced, you know, going through tough times. Kind of stereotypically fits the bill of a guy who would want to bash somebody's brains in because of anger <laughs> issues. Sure. Because of, you know, his home life. It's subtle, but brilliant to how you think about, like, he did that just to get rid of the hammer. Right. And I think it's like that idea, too. It's like he's just simply and it's like he just casually gives away, you know, the weapon. You know, he sort of mentions Trinity calls himself an elephant and not in the way that he would usually call someone an elephant. It's the idea of elephants apparently have this amazing memory. Yeah. You know, the idea he he's like, I never forget anything. And it's like, yeah, the dude also carries around cremated remains of his family. So yeah. he remembers and he recreates like, dude, you really never forgets anything. Right. Like he, he recreates it to make sure he never forgets. Hello, to, Kyle to, Butler. Right. <laughs> to the idea of, you know, the, the cliches and everything. I feel like when Dexter meets Jonah, who is Trinity, uh, Arthur's son, mm-hmm. I feel all Jonah does is just spit out religious or like spiritual cliches oh yeah like uh, idle hands or the devil's work and this you know well like i said earlier it feels like this entire like they're from a different like they're from 60 years ago that is what this family feels like like from a tv show 60 years ago absolutely feels like they are Almost. Maybe they're aliens, and this is like the Thirty Rock. I was just gonna no. say, no. I was about to bring it up. Like, wow, it's actually it's never hit me until now that they're all uh, uh, Third Rock. Quit spoiling stuff. <laughs> and it's funny that in, and I think it's, I think it's good writing. I have this somewhere else in my notes, but I guess I'll say it here, where they took five episodes to build up Trinity to this total madman. 
serial killer. And within 40 minutes of the next episode, they've created a totally different persona of yeah. the same person. Um, you know, and they, they, all these aspects of his life. And it's funny, like, we never actually hear his wife talk, but you could just tell his wife adores yeah. Arthur. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and like I said, I, Dexter sort of takes all of this, what he learns from his son, that, you know, how nice and giving his father is and how much family and quality time means. Dexter comes home. Dexter. Dexter comes home with what I have to imagine, even in 2009, are lame gifts because <laughs> let me tell you something if you today someone gave me a portable dvd player i'd be so pissed at that how am i going to regift this or even possibly sell it now mind you i know we're 10 years away but i feel like even 10 years ago a portable dvd player wasn't as hot as an item a nintendo ds absolutely still a hot commodity eh, i mean i wouldn't get pissed off at him honestly yeah, I wouldn't I either. Blu-ray was like just becoming a thing at that point. That's I true. Think. That's true. Also, Breadmaker, I'll take that on the wedding registry. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's funny, like, I love Dexter's brain of, oh, since we're always out of bread, let me get a bread maker. And it's just it's like it's like perfect. I have to imagine that's what it's like living with Dexter. It's like, Dexter, we also run out of milk. Yeah. Where's my cow? Like it's just I can't imagine the. He's very literal, like 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 he said <laughs> right. in season three. I don't do well with subtlety. <laughs> and imagine how Dexter, as a husband, trying right I've here, he's trying. Imagine he dropped. I'm gonna say minimum four hundred. Could definitely be more. Gets brings home four hundred plus dollars worth of gifts. Drops them to his children, his wife, and Rita's like, no thanks. <laughs> like, yeah. Th- thanks, thanks, but no I don't thanks. think no thanks. I think, like I said, in her passive aggressive way, she was almost looking at him like, "Oh fuck you!" <laughs> I swear that was her entire attitude for like ninety percent of this episode. And, and and like we were talking last episode, it's a lot of what the the the, the blame character, the character, the Rita character gets this season. Um, I do I do think this is the first episode where I'll side with the hate she gets, where it's kind of a little bit over the top. And like we've been saying the entire episode, you know the person Dexter is like, what are we doing here? And not to say that she doesn't like she doesn't have a reason to be upset, but also like like to your back, like what you were just saying, it's like you married the guy you were with. You've been with him for four years. You should know what type of like you should have known what type of person he was before you married him. Right. That's kind <laughs> of the mistake you made with Paul, isn't it? Well, actually, um, I don't know if this is a spoiler or not because I don't remember whether or not this is revealed or not about Paul and Rita's relationship. No, it was because it was revealed like a season ago. Anyway, it's revealed like, yeah, no, Paul and Rita got married because he knocked her up. Right. Like, that's why they got married. And Dexter and Rita got married. I mean, there was more romance behind it, but that was the initiating factor. So I think Rita kind of has... As much as we talk about Dexter being emotionally stunted, I do feel a little bit that, like, Rita on some level is a more common, stereotypically, like, real-life emotionally stunted, to where, like, people seem to fall into this mindset of, oh, if I get married with him, that'll fix all the problems in our relationships. Oh, if I have a kid with him, that'll fix all the problems in our relationship. And he was like, no, those problems are still going to exist. You're just going to be fighting about a crying baby instead of, you know, 
how fat you, your ass is getting over because you're eating too much bread. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys kind of understand what I'm talking about? Yeah, there's there there's there's a I would say like a, a different schools of thought. I also think, and it's something I used to say a lot with the show Six Feet Under, you interpret a lot of that at different stages in your life. Yeah. Like to your point, Zach and Marissa, I'll, I'll throw this at you or with you. Like there was a lot of, I felt like when I was watching that is a lot of like, huh, there's a lot of like marriage, the idea of like why I married you, why everything. And you kind of view that whole part. I'm talking more so about the therapy speech at the end where she's like, no, like I married, like we're partners versus the boyfriend, you know. Um, so I, I, I get, I guess it just there's different stages of life where you feel why you're attracted, why you want to be with someone. There's like a whole different, there's a whole range. Yeah, and that's not to say like, oh, marriage is just blah blah blah. That's not what I'm saying. It's just sure, like- no, no, I know. There's definitely people who think that, and there's definitely people who don't. I guess so to say. And I think I think you know from from I've heard you you guys will agree with me is like marriage is the one relationship to where you will want to simultaneously want to punch a person square in their face and still love them to death. I I guess I think that in regards to the comment of um like you know marriage isn't always so like you know like kind of the Disney fairy tale. I agree with you wholeheartedly, but I also think that like the Dexter storyline also isn't the typical marriage either. Like it's almost oh, like two totally different scopes, you know? Oh, yeah, no, I'm just saying like as far as like place, I'm trying to think of Rita's like reaction because as far as her mind, she has, you know, of course no idea about what Dexter does. So from her point of view, that's kind of what I was, you know, what she thinks is like, oh, is she's just my normal husband who works in forensics. You know, she yeah. doesn't realize that the reason he can't talk to her is because he literally has skeletons in the closet. Yeah. I think also, too, um, with so much in life, um, hindsight is twenty twenty. that, you know, you like, I'm sure Rita looks back on her relationship with Paul and thinks, why, 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 why? So many whys of like, you know, how she acted. And I think that also as you get older, life just moves really fast so i um i can see even though i i said earlier you know she shouldn't be surprised she knew about dexter i can see how it's kind of like you know snowballed into where they're at now the only thing i did not like was um the Rita says something along the lines of like, if you can't tell me the truth and be honest with me, like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, I had trouble with that, too. Yeah. And then he tells the therapist he's scared or or the therapist and him kind of decide that he's scared if he tells her the truth that she's going to leave him. And she, you know, kind of reacts like, oh, my God, I would never leave you. That's not what I want. So then it's like you can't go around saying that you exactly, like, you know, that's like- not necessarily a partnership. But that that was my only thing with it. I think that. Even though it's very obvious to all of us who Dexter is and and the and their relationship, I could see how Rita can get caught up in in it. But it just felt like very was Rita back and forth, like we're going to therapy, and then I even have in my nose. So you're pushing him so like almost forcing him to go to this you know marriage counseling, which I'm you know happens all the time. But still, it's like and you you obviously want the marriage to work if you're you know spending the time and money to go to marriage counseling with him and then you threaten to divorce him i mean she doesn't say the words but she very much implies that 
fix this or I'm going to leave you. After yeah. one session, think mm-hmm. again, Rita, like things do not, you, again, you can't flip a switch and fix things. It takes time to, mm, I, again, I, I told you at the beginning of the podcast, I have a lot to say about Rita and I'm going <laughs> to try and stop myself from going on a rant, but I think I've pretty much gotten my point across about like, <laughs> That was the only line that I didn't love that she said, but at the same time, um, I'm not going, I mean, if you're in couples counseling, couples therapy, if you're going through something, there's a lot of emotions going on. So I'm not saying that it was crazy that she said that. I, I think, I don't think she meant it though. And, and I didn't like that she said it, but I, you yeah. know, that's neither here nor there. Let me sort of come down the middle, so to say, is I like that. While Dexter is telling the truth, he's also lying. Like the, the the dude is just forever living a double life, you know. Where he's like, if I if I showed you the real me, you'd r- be running away. Also, in the same vein, Dexter is just grabbing any buzzword he can. What I love about the writing for this season is exactly that. It's where it's like, I feel like in a weird way, this is the most honest he's ever been with Rita. Is in therapy, where he's not, he's he is telling her the truth in a sense. Like, if you knew what you knew, what we know about Dexter, he's completely telling her the truth. The words would not change. But again, it's that double meaning of just because you don't know I chop people up. It's like, yeah, no, of course, if you knew that, you would run screaming in the other direction. <laughs> to, to, to bring it back to a little bit earlier in the episode, you know, after the four, during a four, sorry, four walls build, um, we sort of see Dexter like cuts his cuts himself. And we sort of don't know what's going on, but then we sort of see that he cuts himself, so he has this elaborate plan to get brought into uh, um, uh, uh, Arthur's house. Uh, and, you know, I don't know, you know, so we see the scene where Dexter is holding, we, we, we see that he has the, the, the trophies from around the country of, this is Arthur I'm talking about now, where he has the plaques. Yeah, where Dexter has his blood slice. You know, Arthur has it right in his living room, sort of say, just all right there. Like he says, in front of his family. I don't know what's weirder in this scene. The idea that Dexter would just pick up an urn, take the lid off, and just wait for Arthur to come in the room. Yeah. Or that Arthur would go ahead and choke the shit out of him. I think it's tied. (laughs) (laughs) Like, imagine just going into someone's house and just holding... An urn. Actually, though, I feel like I feel like it's weirder for Dexter. Dexter, what he what Dexter yeah. does or what Trinity? Yeah. No, what Dexter does. Yeah, without I feel a doubt. Like, okay, Arthur is totally kind of semi justified in how he reacts. He definitely yeah. goes overboard in how he reacts. But I think most people would like, oh, here's your deceased loved one. I'm not only that, but he pops the lid. He takes the lid off. So if he fucks up, hey, yeah, there's your 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 grandma or whoever on the floor, right? And it's like. I would, un- yeah, I know, understandably, you would be pissed off. Maybe not pissed off to the point where you choke a motherfucker out, but. <laughs> and this is where we kind of see, like, Trinity goes, I, I, I'm going to keep juggling between the two, but Arthur goes from quirky church, you know, got all howdy the great advice guy, howdy duty guy, to I'll fucking kill you. Yeah. And that, I th- feel like, you know, like we were saying earlier, where, where his kids are like, who are you? I feel like this is why he's such a great actor, where it's like he flipped his switch so quick and Don't turned into, and touch. it's 
right. my sister. And it's like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's funny because this is also we get like a nice introspection into Arthur here, where it's just the whole idea where like she makes me part of who I am. Uh, um, you know, and like that idea is we sort of get connected to the next scene, which we sort of already talked about, where he's in the therapy session. And it's just so like, funny. Yeah, like I, I need to like be myself. And, and all, all of the cliche well, like, buzzwords. Oddly enough, that's kind of how Dexter operates. I mean, going back to season three, where I have the, the same proposal, thing in my notes. Yep, yep, yep. The proposal, where he mimics, he mimics what he thinks will elicit the response he wants. Right. So it's like, oh, like line for line, what you know? Because because again, on a certain level, Dexter is an actor. So it's like, okay, these are my lines. Great. These are <laughs> like the. Again, Dexter even goes in the books. This is the shape the muscles in my face have to make in order to express sadness, anger, etc. Great, you know that's he's there. It, none of it is again that. Well, that's the arguable thing, isn't it? Nothing, none. But to Dexter, none of it is quote unquote real. So he's very much what's my line? What's my motivation? What's my expression to try and get my wife to not leave me? <laughs> uh, um, there was. When going back to the therapy session, real quick, Marissa, there was a moment where Rita says Dexter's mother was murdered in front of her, and you bursted out laughing. Why? I I honestly don't know why. I think that I think that just being in the therapist's office and hearing about Lila, the drug problem, the lies, and then it's like, of course, your mother was killed in front of you. Like, just like. Just of like how outlandish his life is, and his life is, and it them, was too. Yeah, like them as a couple. Like this therapist is is keeping her cool, but she's probably in her head like, "Oh my goodness, like what is going to come up next?" It's it's almost like to the. I mean, it's it's kind of dark, but like the equivalent of like, okay, like you two are like about to get married, right? And like one of you is like, "Oh yeah, no, one of my family members molested me when I was two. Like telling you that now, just coming out, it's like, "Oh yeah, no, by the way." It's like, wait, what? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I just I just felt that the therapist was just like, okay. And like, you know, like how like it's it's classic in like movies or television that with the therapist, they like, you know, whatever they hear you say, they'll kind of jot something down. And it was just like, okay, so who's Lila? What <laughs> drugs again? Oh, and you saw your mother get murdered. Like, okay. Like, what? so what is, it just, it seemed very soap opera e obviously it's a tv show but what i love about it though is like the little exchange like dexter kind of looks at the therapist when she says that is quite a history and for a split second you can see a little bit of oh shit in dexter's eyes for like <laughs> uh <laughs> our our episode ends with a montage well, i guess i can't call it a montage uh, um basically arthur bringing his wife into the bathtub as he did with Lisa Bell to sort of start the season. You, Marissa, sort of gasped when she holds the mirror. Did you think she was going to kill her? He was going to kill her? I thought, um, and I don't know why, I thought I saw a razor. Did I see a razor or was there a razor? Maybe. I thought I saw a razor. That's why you... And that's why I gasped. I didn't know for sure if he was going to kill her, but when he's Arthur versus when he's Trinity, you could see a difference like even just in his eyes. And I feel like when he was watching his wife from the hallway, it was he was looking more like Trinity than Arthur. Yeah. 
Um, and not for nothing, if I was taking a bath and you were just creeping in the hallway, like they'd be like, what are you doing? You know? Right. Also, um, how milky is that water? Yeah. What's up with that? That is something bath milk. bomb. Like literally to the point where they transition to milk. I, I guess for um, and forgive me, I know she's actually really she's a really uh, well-respected actress. I imagine f- to keep her nudity. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? to, to keep her covered. Because a lot of a lot of people do that. It is still just like I know what bath water looks like, and unless you're using like really thick suds, like even really thick suds, I can buy because that's you know, and maybe Remus is right, maybe bath bombs, but like who? It's just like a pure white bath bomb. I <laughs> normally see just like the pinks or blues, white, or mixed... pink, glitter. Yeah, like I've seen stuff like that, but just like like who buys a milk bath bomb? This is where between how because I mean the episode ends with like three storylines wrapped up and like changed like the direction totally pivots because like we totally the season started with this Trinity killing you know woman in a bathtub and now like we kind of see he's actually a family man with his wife in the bathtub the Deb and Dexter Deb Trinity shot Deb like that whole storyline goes you know she's gonna approach that now and like Dexter and Rita they have their own reset button where he has his yeah. own personal space now when they're more like, you know, this is why I always felt like this episode was like a total like, all right, let's, the cards were dealt out and now we're going to like play it forward. Uh, um, Even mm-hmm. to, to further to that point, can I bring up my little, uh, <laughs> my pet project for the timeline? Go ahead. About this, because I think this episode versus next episode, I think this is like in... The entire season so far, if I'm remembering correctly, is like in late July, early August, sometime in August. And then it jumps to like November. That's the only way I could make it make sense because of further things down the line that Marissa can't hear about. But and you can totally feel it by next episode. You totally feel like a good couple months have passed in between episodes, even though it's not meant to feel that way. You can totally buy it. You know, uh, talking about something I meant to bring up when we were talking about this is the first episode when Michael C. Hall, um, he knew of his of his uh, uh, sickness. This is also, I remember when I first started the season, I swore that there was a difference between episodes one and two. But now I come to find out it's between episodes five and six. Quinn's hair, the actor, does not Joey Harrington, Desmond Harrington. His hair significantly grows between the two episodes. Yes. Um, so there may actually be like a, a halt, not a halt in production, but maybe they shot the first four episodes and then proceeded. Yeah. You know? Well, even like back in season three, remember the, in the, like the first episode of season three, he was completely bald. He had his head shaved. Yeah. And then you keep moving like by the end of that season, he has like a full head of hair in, in those like right. wedding photos of Dexter and Rita. So yeah. there's a definite like he was probably like working on some other show where he had to shave his head or he shaved his head naturally. Whatever. But still, it's like it, interesting to see like Joey Quinn when we first meet him, how he looked to how he looks now. When Deb and Dex are having coffee. Like, you know, just sort of like one of the second to last scenes of the episode. If this is morning time, which I'm going to assume it is, the amount that Deb bombards Dexter with <laughs> is like, you know, Trinity didn't shoot me. I'm going to approach. I know. I know the person Trinity stole all the stuff from Lundy's room and all this. By the way, I think I know who was fucking dead. Yeah. 
And it's just sort of like, this is, if you want to laugh, and this may not be as funny to you, Zach, um, this is like when we wake up in the morning, Marissa. A thousand percent. (laughs) (laughs) This is like when we wake up and I'm still like wiping the crust out of my eye and you're like, all right, what do you want for dinner? We got meat and potatoes. We could do chicken. chicken Also, it's like for half a second, it's like Dexter, uh, at least for me, it was like, I said that to you once nine months ago. What are you? (laughs) Yeah. And then we see that Dexter has a shed built. Did I say that right? A shed yeah. built. I don't know if he built it or he bought it because there's no possible way you could build that. I know. Not in that. Not in like what? Like 12 hours we see Scott. Yeah. Also, like in the books, something similar. Dexter gets something similar when him and Rita get married in the books. But also it's like I. it's funny to me because like they take like it's, it's a whole thing in the show. Right. To where. You know, they almost get divorced because Dexter is keeping his apartment and so on. In the books, it's a complete non-issue. It happens in between books that Dexter doesn't get a shed. It's called Dexter's study. He has a literally a room in the house to where he has like bookshelves and a desk and his computer. And it's his own little inner sanctum because apparently book Rita actually understands that, you know, you're a husband with three kids and a job that I think we... Victor and I even figured out that may, like 18 hour days, or at least that's what she Third believes. Of time. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you need, you need a place in the house. That's me time to where like Cody and Astor aren't allowed in Dexter's study. Like Rita Knox. It's literally like his own personal bat cave to the point where like, I think he literally hides his blood slides behind one of like one of his like college blood tech text like forensics textbooks <laughs> that brings us to the end of our episode um it's funny when i go back and read the reviews on this in 2009 there's a lot of complaints about this was a slow episode but when you kind of see how much character building they do for this episode it's it's it you know it didn't have to me the intensity of last week dirty harry and that whole chase to me but it's definitely a um I, I don't know what the word is. Go ahead. Yeah, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I um I thought it was cool to see um Trinity in a different light. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm going to ask this question. I don't know if I'm supposed to know or not. Does do we know did Trinity kill his family members? We don't we know that. Don't know that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Vera Mitchell, we just learned is his sister found dead in a bathtub. His mother, Martha Mitchell, jumped to her death. Back when I was on like a few months ago for season two, remember I was talking like, oh, like the the crazy note taker guy. Okay, you know, like those news articles that Dexter looks up about the the older Mitchells and Arthur's family and what years they were born and when they how they died and so on. I'm pausing and writing all this down. That's how nut. like I said, like I forget what that character's name was, like the nutty note taker guy, like. (laughs) So I was like, yep, no, I can definitely tell you that I think um, Henry Mitchell was Arthur's father's name, and he was born in the year 1919, and that is the (laughs) first entry on my timeline. So like I said, it's like, yeah, no, Victor was talking about, oh, yeah, you go all the way back to World War II. It's like, yeah, no, I go like 19, like 100 years. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's definitely, definitely early. Anything else to add to this episode? No, I think we covered more than <laughs> enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, no, this episode was boring. It's like, well, we apparently had a shit ton to talk about. So <laughs> I, I, I thought in my head, I guess this was the episode. But even watching it, there's so much character stuff going on. Um, there are like two modes for Dexter episodes. One is like the really heart pumping chase, you know, oh God, is Dexter going to get caught? Is Dexter going to kill this person type of episodes? And then there's the kind of slow, you know, back and forth cat and mouse chess game intrigue sort of episodes that are more character building. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. Next week's episode, episode seven, Slack Tide. It has one of the greatest music pieces that episode sort of ends with. I think, believe the music title is called slack tide or maybe just tides um i love that piece of music that's all i have to say about this episode and next week's episode mercy you got anything nope i'm good zach you got anything to close us out i think i'm pretty much good thanks for having me Thank Thanks you. for being on. Thank you, Zach. And if you want to uh, plug your Twitter again, please. That would be at Dex underscore slice of life. Slice of life is all one word. And you might be seeing me be more active here in the next couple of days. <laughs> That'll be cool to see. Uh, I'm going to leave us off with a, um, what do you call that? Not a teaser, not a spoiler. What do you call that? Cliffhanger. Sure. Which I wanted to get through the entire episode, but we are already at time. The episode title. If I had a hammer. Yeah. Uh, We'll talk about that next week. Ooh, bye. (laughs) Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in his grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb?